Remember Harry Potter, remember Hogwarts, remember all those houses into which we all are sorted. Harry and Draco, Hermione and Ron, Dumbledore and Snape, Hagrid and McGonagall, we're gonna remember. Hey there, and welcome to Remember Harry Potter, a literary podcast covering all aspects of the Harry Potter series. On Remember Harry Potter, we talk about all things openly, especially the relationships and everything that goes along with them. We also understand that there are conversations that will come up that we might not be able to do justice. We want to include as much diversity as we can. So if you'd like to share your perspective with our audience, please message us. Oh, and fair warning, we We are are not spoiler free. The next day, however, Harry barely grinned once. Things started to go downhill from breakfast in the Great Hall. The four long house tables were laden with tureens of porridge, plates of kippers, mountains of toast, and dishes of eggs and bacon beneath the enchanted ceiling, today a dull cloudy gray. Harry and Ron sat down at the Gryffindor table next to Hermione, who had her copy of Voyages with Vampires propped open against a milk jug. There was a slight stiffness in the way she said morning, which told Harry that she was still disapproving of the way they had arrived. Neville Longbottom, on the other hand, greeted them cheerfully. Neville was a round-faced and accident-prone boy with the worst memory of anyone Harry had ever met. Males do any minute. I think Gran's sending a few things I forgot. Harry had only just started his porridge when, sure enough, there was a rushing sound overhead and a hundred or so owls streamed in, circling the hall and dropping letters and packages into the chattering crowd. A big lumpy package bounced off Neville's head and, a second later, something large and gray fell into Hermione's jug, spraying them all with milk and feathers. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. This is Marin. This is Emily. And this is Remember, Remember Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> uh, welcome to this week's episode of Remember Harry Potter. We are in Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 6, Gilderoy Lockhart. That asshole. That guy. <laughs> I really don't like him. He gives real big narcissistic personality disorder vibes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So bright they shine. He's the worst. Yeah. Uh, what happened last time? Well, there was this whole thing where Dumbledore thought it was a good idea to let Harry and Ron fly to the castle by themselves, <laughs> and they almost, like, die several times. They... Heat exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Tree. Right from Snape. <laughs> they literally did almost die, and Dumbledore was still like, please explain to me what happened. <laughs> After McGonagall was like, please explain to me what happened. After Snape was like, explain to me what happened. The worst thing about that is two out of three can read your mind, so it's like, why am I explaining myself to you people? <laughs> you know? I do know, and I do hate it. Um Wait. Do we now have to read this through the lens of them being like Edward Cullen? (laughs) 
you can't, they can't overhear though. They just look into your eyes. Okay. Phew. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not like they're just constantly like overhearing people's conversations. They have to like, it's a thing. Yeah. You have to turn on your legitimacy. What is it called? <laughs> legitimacy. Right. Good grief. They have to turn it on. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, the night ended up pretty good because by the time they got up to their room, everybody in Gryffindor was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard of. Everyone except for Percy and Hermione. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So well, last- after we recorded last time, I went to bed and I just thought all I could think about was Hermione. Okay. Because Hermione got to the platform three hours before everyone else. Yes, she did. She went to every single compartment on that train. Absolutely. She talked to the conductor, whatever, just like she did last year, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody shows up except for Ron and Harry. So she spends the whole first half hour of the train going, going to everyone being like, have you seen Harry and Ron? And they're like, last year it was a rat. This year it's your best friends. Like, what is this girl's problem? (laughs) To every single person on there. And after her loop, she's like, they're not here. So she goes to the conductor and she's like, hello, my best friends are not here. Turn around, help me. And he's just like, I cannot hear you over the train. You know all of this because you are Hermione. So Hermione, the rest of the time, is like, where are those freaking idiots? Ab- what are they doing? Absolutely. She gets there. They're still not there. There's a sorting. She's like, hello, every teacher. Do you guys not notice that Harry Potter is not here? And then she sees Snape leave and she's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and then... Dinner's over. They're still not there. McGonagall leaves. McGonagall. Dumbledore, she's like, is anyone going to explain to me what's happening? So she goes running around the whole castle trying to find them. Finally gets to the common room and they're just like, ugh, Hermione. Bye. They say like one word to her and then they go to bed. I don't know if you guys could hear that, but if you did, it was the sound of my heart breaking into a million pieces for Hermione Jean Granger. (laughs) I am absolutely devastated by this. They don't deserve her at they, all. They never do. Never do they deserve this human in their lives. And she's stuck with these assholes the rest of her entire life. Spoiler alert. She never gets away from them. In fact, she's freaking related to them for the rest of her <laughs> life. And she... They don't deserve her. No. All they put her through... For seven years, they put her through this garbage. And all of this day, Harry's just like, uh, Hermione's still mad at us because we didn't get punished enough for this. It's like, no, she's mad at you because you blew her off after she had a terrible day. She was scared and you ignored her. Okay, so last night was good for Harry and Ron, <laughs> but today is not as good and that's fine. I Now he deserves it. <laughs> and even though Harry lives in a magical castle with his best friends... <laughs> Life isn't always fun in games, okay, everybody? So, like, this morning, Hermione is still really not happy to see them. As she should be. She's giving them the cold shoulder, and they deserve it. Mm-hmm. They don't realize why. Also, can we just talk about mountains of toast? <laughs> That's my dream mountains. breakfast. <laughs> Guess what I've eaten today? I'll tell you. Okay. First, I had about 20 ounces of cold brew coffee. Nice. And then I had a piece of butter toast with a little bit of cinnamon on it. And then I had 16 ounces of hot coffee. (laughs) And now I've had water. I love toast. I'll tell you what I've had today. Okay. Two toasts. One with jelly, one with peanut butter. For only the last bite, I put them together, realizing (laughs) the 
that I didn't just make two unrelated toasts, but that I in fact made a PB and jelly. We are toast sisters. If you guys have listened to us from the very beginning and heard every bonus episode on Remember Twilight, you will know that we are toast siblings. We like toast, but we like it differently. We do, yeah. We're sisters, not twins, about our toast. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's all I ate today. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Yours minus the coffee and water. Oops. We'll eat later. It's fine. We will. We'll have dinner. I yeah. promise. We, we should eat during the live. It's fine. I just read all these words here now and was like, mm, breakfast sounds really I ignored. Good. I ignored the food. <laughs> I went on with my life. As is a normal thing for me every day. Yeah. I have issues, you guys. It's fine. Wait, can we also talk about how Hermione is reading Twilight? She is. She's reading Voyages with Vampires. You can't tell me that any of Gilderoy's books aren't just like Twilight. He's just fanficked his whole entire life. It's a self-insert him in these like fantastical fantasy novels. <laughs> she's got it propped up onto her milk and she's eating her toast mindlessly. She's just picking up because it's a mountain mm -hmm. one at a time. She chose the butter toast. I like to believe Maybe not. I don't know. But she's taking bite after bite as she's reading about Gilderoy Lockhart as Edward Cullen <laughs> on his adventures. He's through. Bella Swan, actually. <laughs> Gilderoy is Bella. Mm -hmm. He has to be the main character. Yes. True, true, true. So um, Hermione's like ignoring them. She's reading her book. She's like, whatever. Neville is like, what's up, y'all? Hey, I totally forget everything, but my grandma's going to send me all my stuff. And I had a question for you. Do you think Neville is forgetful or does he have ADHD yeah. and he's a neglected, like gifted child, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what's happening here is he gets a bad rap all these years, but we learn several years from now that he is a freaking master of magic and heroics. Yeah. He leads the entire army to victory. And so he's not just like a forgetful, dumb little kid. He just has ADHD and it's untreated. Also, he is like so focused on like pleasing everyone mm. that I feel like that overrides like normal remembering things. Too. It does. It's like he's so focused on other things that he forgets. Yeah. Well, he's like, like he prioritizes incorrectly. Exactly. I mean, imagine Neville getting ready for school. And he's like, I'm leaving in like three weeks, so I have to get ready. So he starts packing, but it's like, it's three weeks away. So he still has to like use those things on a daily basis. And by the time it's time to go, he's so mad. He's so worried that Graham's going to be mad at him about something that he just throws everything in and then they leave. Mm -hmm. And he's forgotten half of his stuff because yeah. it was sitting next to the suitcase instead of in it. Yep. And he was like, I don't want to make Graham mad. I love her. I don't want to make uncle mad. I'm going to do my best. And he's just doing his best. Yeah. I love Neville. <laughs> okay, okay. So Neville's expecting a delivery from Grandma, and he's like, it's going to be here soon. And so the morning mail, which is a hundred or so owls, <laughs> all fly in at the same time and start just, like, dropping packages on children. <laughs> and Errol, who is Ron's family owl, he's flown through the night to deliver this howler. You know it takes the Hogwarts Express an entire day to get there. And Errol is just a little tiny 
bedraggled owl missing feathers and he's flying all night long because Molly is like, I don't care. I'm sending this letter to Ronald. I'm so angry. (laughs) (laughs) And so Errol just like finally gets there and he's like, I I see the end. And he just drops into Hermione's book. Unconscious. (laughs) And Ron is like, oh no, picks him up by the foot, shakes him out, (laughs) puts him down on the table, grabs the red envelope, right? Mm-hmm. And Harry is like, oh, what'd you get? And Neville and Ron are like, oh no, what did you get? And of course, Hermione's like, oh my gosh, these idiots. So it's a howler. And Neville's like, you have to open that and you have to get it over with. I've gotten loads of howlers from my gram. You gotta <laughs> open it. And Ron picks it up and the edges of the envelope just starts smoking. <laughs> And Neville is like, covers his ears with with his hands. And then the envelope just explodes with noise. So much noise that the dust is shaking from the ceiling. (laughs) Okay, the noise of this howler is so loud that it's literally shaking the dust off of the ceiling of the Great Hall. And all of the plates and utensils and cups of the kids are just rattling around on the tables and every kid in the great hall has turned to stare at Ron Weasley and the voice screaming from the howler and so it's Molly and she's just lecturing Ron about what a stupid thing it was to take the car and how Arthur is now in trouble at work and how Ron and Harry could have died and Harry is like oh no I knew she was gonna say my name eventually and how if he does anything else they'll pull him from school and then like after all that screaming is over and the letter has literally burst like spontaneously combusted into flames and burned itself out. The kids in the Great Hall all just like either start laughing or they're just like, man, that was stupid or that sucked. Like they just start going back to their like normal. This just goes to show this is a perfect representation of how you might be super embarrassed about a thing that happened to you. But most of the people who either witnessed it or heard about it literally don't care. Yeah. Like they're like, that was just a thing that happened Mm -hmm. to that person. But they're so wrapped up in their own stuff that they're just going to go back to their lives. So we can all just like chill when embarrassing stuff happens to us. Um, The thing I love about the howler uh, I just want them to be real like how satisfying would it be to sit down and like just yell at a piece of paper about how mad you are about something and be able to send it to someone and instead of them getting like a text or like an email where they get like no voice inflection or anything it like literally yells at them for you okay Uh, it's a nice idea, but <laughs> imagine the misuse of that power oh, that would happen. It would be like Facebook came to life. Bullying mail. Yes, mm-hmm. it would be bullying mail. It would be torture mail. It would be Facebook come to life. I just can't <laughs> imagine how terrible it would be. But when you really want to like yell at someone. Do, do wizards and witches have to get permission to send a howler? Maybe. Ooh. Like they're like, okay. I understand that this is like not something that should be used lightly. 
Uh, I shouldn't embarrass my kid like this all the time, but this is an extenuating circumstance. Dear Dumbledore, may I please send Ronald a howler? I am so angry at him. And Dumbledore is like, no, you may not. But McGonagall is like, yes, you may. Right? So I don't know. I don't know. Because if you remember later on when everybody thinks that Hermione and Harry are dating, Hermione gets terrible mail sent to her. that's true. What like leaks gross potions on her and makes Mm. her hands hurt. So you don't have to get permission for anything. No, I feel like every celebrity gets like 40 howlers a day and they just like have a person who handles the howlers. This sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Hermione is like, well, Ronald. And he's like, shut up. I do not need you to tell me that you, you told me so or whatever. And Harry is like, I feel terrible about this. But before they can sit and dwell on it, it goes perfectly timed. Because McGonagall is like, I have to damage control what just happened. And so she like grabs her stack of schedules and she runs down the table and just like starts checking schedules at the kids. And the first class that these kids have this morning is double herbology with the Hufflepuffs. Imagine a better time. There is none. It doesn't exist unless it's dinner with the Hufflepuffs. True. But like. Start of your week, wake up early, go to the greenhouses and hang out with Hufflepuffs. Like, that's a good start to your week. Honestly, that would get me going every week. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, yes, Monday mornings are not terrible. So now that the Howler has sufficiently shamed the boys, Hermione's friends with them again. Right? <laughs> She's like, good, now they feel as stupid as I did all yes, day. Yes, and mm-hmm. they deserve it. Mm-hmm. So they head to class and everything's fine. And when they get there, everyone is like just kind of waiting outside. Up the hill comes walking Sprout and Gilderoy Lockhart. Professor Sprout is all beat up and she's covered with bandages uh, because what she had been doing all morning is mending the Whomping Willow's wounds and she's just a mess she's in bad shape from it but Lockhart is like perfect he's perfectly put together he's wearing a shiny turquoise hat I don't understand his costume (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to say costume I meant to say outfit but costume came out because literally he's just wearing a costume for his first day of teaching yeah Poor Sprout, though. (laughs) Poor Sprout. I mean, she had to go out there and not only do a job that she knows how to do, which is mend the Whomping Willow, which is a hard job, obviously, because she's bandaged up real bad. But she had freaking Gilderoy Lockhart there trying to tell her how to do it. And no way was he telling her correctly how to do it. In fact, he was probably pestering that tree so much that she got hurt worse because he was there. Absolutely. And I'll tell you guys why. (laughs) Because he's the worst. So they all walk up and she looks awful and he looks amazing. And he's like, hello, children. I was showing your Professor Sprout here how to fix the tree. But don't worry. He's not better at herbology than her. He's just hung out with a lot of whomping willows in his time. Like he's like, <laughs> I'm I love hanging out with whomping willows. I've done it lots of times. She's still a really good herbology teacher. You'll be fine. 
And then she's like, go to Greenhouse 3. Like she's just done with him. Mm -hmm. And so all the kids are really excited because they've never been to that greenhouse before. And it has cooler plants than Greenhouse 1, which is where they've always been in their first year. So they all go over there. But before Harry can go in, Lockhart is like, Harry, 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 I must talk to you. And he starts in on some bullshit about he knows why Harry decided to come to school in the flying car. He's like, I know that you wanted that attention. You got that like taste of fame when you were on the front page with me in the bookstore. And Harry is like, dude, this guy's teeth are so big. (laughs) He has just one big tooth. And I can see the whole thing all the time. <laughs> yeah, Lockhart, like even without trying, has just one tooth that goes from one side of his mouth to the other side of his mouth is just shining. <laughs> and Harry's like, okay, first of all, I don't care about being famous, and I certainly don't care about you, but your teeth are sure big. And so. <laughs> Gilderoy Lockhart is like, you don't need to rush into fame by flying cars and stuff just to get noticed. You know, I know that you're already a tiny bit famous because some people know who you are from that one time when you know who happened. But getting a smile award is much cooler. (laughs) And then he just walks away. And Harry is like, that guy had one tooth. Like, (laughs) that was weird. So Harry's like, grown ups suck. And Uh he goes into the class where what they are going to be doing today is repotting mandrakes. Fun. Fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting way to describe it. So (laughs) Professor Sprout is like, who can tell me the properties of mandrakes? And nobody knows except Hermione. Love it. What it is is they have restorative properties that can be used to return someone who has been either transfigured or cursed to their original state. But there's a caveat. You don't get something that completely heals you without it being really, really dangerous. Because literally, if anybody hears the cry of a mandrake, dead. You know, here's the thing. (laughs) What? (laughs) This seems like a risky thing. (laughs) It is. However, why not just plant some mandrakes around in case Voldemort does show up again? Well, they've got a whole greenhouse full of them. Well, you don't know if you can get them in there. You just need to have them randomly throughout the grounds. You see them. You earmuff up some pots. Pull. Yes, mm-hmm. you're actually right. Because like they could have them at every entrance to the castle. Because mm-hmm. I, I think they grow better out. They're like a sun plant. They have to have sunlight or heat (laughs) or something. They don't do well in like the cold British air or whatever. So you have to have them like potted next to the door so you can bring them in at night, right? So they're next to the door and they have an earmuff on the pot. Yes. Okay, this is a good idea. (laughs) Still very risky. I'm definitely with children around. Dead. (laughs) Literally you die if you hear the cry of a mandrake (laughs) but these mandrakes are still really young she tells everybody so she's like all right everybody grab some earmuffs and make sure that your ears are completely covered she doesn't tell them yet that they're gonna die why is she not just using a spell to like block everyone's hearing it's hogwarts because still she hasn't told them that they'll die she just says it's dangerous so they all put on their earmuffs and they can't hear anything and then she's just like sign languaging she's like waving Hi, everybody. And then she grabs the top of the plant, which is just like a little puffy, like um, leafy guy. She grabs it. She pulls it out. 
And they're like all surprised. Like Harry gasps, but he can't hear hear himself. And I'm sure they all gasp because what comes out is like this super ugly baby. Like it's like an ugly root baby and it's screaming, obviously, but they can't hear it. And then she like chucks it into this next pot and like plops a bunch of dirt over it. And then she's like, thumbs up. (laughs) And they all take off their um, earmuffs. And it turns out that since the mandrakes are young, they won't kill you yet, but they'll literally knock you out for hours. So they all are like, all right, here you go. Day number one of year number two. Hopefully you don't die. Because like, what if one of them is like a really high achieving mandrake and it's like older for some, I'm so nervous about this. (laughs) I can't get past how nervous this makes me. And so all of the kids are like, all right, we have to put four mandrakes on a tray and get in a group and repot these mandrakes. That's it. We don't get a practice. We don't get like a practice. Keep your earmuffs on and do it with a fake mandrake. Nope. We're going straight to a real mandrake, real earmuffs in a group with 12-year-olds. So they all get to work repotting. And while they're getting ready and getting all their supplies, the trio meets a curly head who is named Justin Finch Fletchley for some reason. (laughs) Why would you name a kid that? It's very rude. He's basically a teenage Lockhart. And he's obsessed with Harry because he's famous. And Hermione because she's smart. And Ron because he his car flies. Mm -hmm. And this Justin kid absolutely loves Gilderoy Lockhart. So this kid, he is muggle-raised. He was meant to go to Eton, which is like, I think it's a boys' school in England. I might be wrong about that. Please correct me. I love being corrected, especially by British people. I'm not exaggerating about that. (laughs) I love it when our British people are like, actually, Marin, (laughs) here's the truth. But he's supposed to go to Eton, but um, he chose to go to to Hogwarts when he found out that he was a wizard. He chose the path of power, (laughs) right? He could have chosen like Eton where he's going to become like every other white dude he knows he's like no 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 I could be like every other white dude I know plus know all this magic so that's that was the choice he made so luckily they have to put on their earmuffs to work so they don't have to listen to Justin anymore and so they are repotting the baby mandrakes and it's basically like working out in dirt and they get it all done and after class they're all filthy and sweaty and covered in dirt so they have to go back to the castle and wash up before they go to their next class which is transfiguration with McGonagall and they're like okay her classes have always been difficult but right now it feels really hard to do them because Harry forgot everything he learned last year but I want to give Harry a big break here as I am want to do because he was traumatized he almost died he was traumatized (laughs) at the end of last year I think he gets the whole second year off when you almost get killed by one of your professors you don't have to go to school the next year True. I mean you can if you just want to hang out with your friends but you you don't have to do exactly no coursework Mm-hmm. So he's like, I don't remember any of this stuff. And so he just chases. Okay, what his, what's happened is McGonagall is like, all right, you guys, it's transfigura- Transfiguration Part 2. Last year, we did like really simple things, just like changing something into something without whatever. We're going to see if we can still do it. So she puts a bunch of beetles on their tables and she's like, turn those into buttons. So Harry is like chasing a beetle around instead of changing it into a button. And Ron is having an even worse time because this poor kid, I forgot, 
but his wand is super broken. He has like spello taped it back together and he refuses to write home for a new one because his no he knows his mom will just like blame him and send another howler, but I think that she wouldn't. What do you think? I think that Molly would send him a new wand. Not only that, but at the end of that, like, it says about how, like, it's smoking and sparking and things and, like, he accidentally squishes his beetle because he can't he see. he squishes the beetle. And so he goes and tells McGonagall and it says McGonagall wasn't pleased, but if McGonagall can get permission to spend a million galleons on a broomstick for Harry Potter, she can get seven to buy Ron Weasley a new wand. There really are only seven galleons and either McGonagall could get him a new one. They probably have old ones just laying around the castle in like what's his face's drawer like I bet Filch has a whole bunch of wands that he's stolen from kids over the years also I just really have to believe that even though Molly was angry she's not gonna let him go to school without a wand yeah he's just scared because he's a kid and he's 12 and kids are super dramatic like I've heard so many kids over the years be like my mom's gonna kill me and every time I'm like okay sit and think about this for a second what do you think your mom's actual reaction is gonna be and every single time they're like uh she'll just be like a little mad but she'll do it for me anyway and i'm like absolutely 100 percent molly would get ron a new um a new wand yep he just doesn't want to ask her because she scared him another lesson please don't scare your kids then they don't trust you anymore so anyway they go to lunch after that and hermione has turned a bunch of her beetles i mean a, yeah a bunch of her beetles into buttons and here I'm asking once again, is transfiguration ethical? <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up again. It's important to me. <laughs> I don't think that we should be turning living things into inanimate objects for our own personal use. I think it's rude. It is rude. These it's super rude. Beetles, like they're beetles. Humans kill bugs all the time. Like it's nothing because we think that they're insignificant and they don't matter. But I have to believe that they have some sort of feeling they have relationships they I don't know maybe I'm being like way too stupid and I shouldn't be anthropomorphizing beetles but I feel strongly that it's unethical to transfigure them or even like especially mice and rats we shouldn't be transfiguring them into teacups yeah I, feel I don't disagree with you okay I'm um, also again Hermione perfect skills and she's like guys look at all my buttons they ignore her. They're so rude to her. <laughs> They're so rude She to needs her. friends who apologize when they leave her alone all day and congratulate her on her cool magic. Yeah. What I really can't wait for her, for Hermione specifically, is when she becomes older and she actually makes friends with Luna. Because mm -hmm. Luna is a true friend. Harry is like, okay, here's another thing. Harry and Ron are such idiots. They can't possibly look at their own schedules they have to rely on Hermione the entire day to tell them what class they have next so they're like what class do we have after lunch <laughs> and she looks at her schedule and they, she's like oh we have D defense against the dark arts and she's excited and so Ron and they like look over at her schedule and she's drawn like tiny little hearts all around all of the subjects like all of the defense against the dark arts class that she has with Lockhart because she thinks he's cute which is fine I get it like I've had crushes on terrible men before too and they're like oh why'd you draw hearts all over your lesson and she grabs it she's super embarrassed and okay everyone we are about to meet someone special <laughs> I got choked up I didn't expect it 
I got super choked up about this next scene that happens. So after lunch, the trio go outside to hang out because you're not allowed to hang out inside in, Brit- <laughs> in Britain. Um, so they go outside and they're hanging out in the courtyard. And suddenly this cute little first year boy is like right there. Like Harry and Ron are just talking about Quidditch and Hermione's reading her book. And this little boy is there all of a sudden. And um, he's the he's a little boy that um, Harry had noticed him getting sorted last night when they were looking through the window before Snape came out and got them. And so he introduces himself. His name is Colin Creevy, and he is so excited to be at Hogwarts. He's a first year, and he's a little kid. He's been muggle-raised by his dad, and his dad is a milkman. I didn't, I never, I never read this part before. Like, I've read this book many times, and I never thought about Colin Creevy before today, literally today. He's raised by a single dad, as far as I can tell. His dad is a milkman, and Colin was like, I never knew that all the weird stuff I could do was magic. But now that he's here at Hogwarts... And he's a freaking Gryffindor, same as Harry Potter. He just can't believe how lucky he is. So what he did was he brought a muggle camera with him to school so that he could, I'm going to cry. He brought this muggle camera to school so that he could take pictures and send them back to his dad. This is so sweet. I never gave Colin the credit that he deserves. No, I I saw the same thing too. It's like this is like a little Harry yes. Potter if Harry wasn't like <laughs> Absolutely. He's this like, is what Harry would have been like. His dad, I'm sure, was like so excited for him. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, my weird little kid is a wizard. Of course he's going to school. And so I bet you he spent all his money. Cause I'm sure that a milkman doesn't make very much money and he's just doing his best to like raise his son all by himself. And so he buys him a camera and he's like I want you to take pictures of everything and send them back to me with your owl like how exciting is this yeah Uh, so it's this like really adorable first introduction and before Harry can even respond to this Draco ruins their entire future relationship together right because he comes and he makes Uh. fun of what Colin says because Colin's like can I maybe get a picture of you or maybe your friend can take one of both of us and maybe you could sign it for my dad yeah and Draco comes over and he's like you're giving out signed pictures and from that point on every time Colin comes around Harry Harry is embarrassed because Draco makes a big deal about it right now before Harry even gets to be like hi I'm Harry like I really think that if Draco hadn't interfered here they could have actually been buddies Mm -hmm. because Colin's kind of a cool kid like his whole thing is he's like I heard that if I develop this film in a certain solution in a certain potion the pictures will move and Harry that was like one of Harry's most exciting discoveries when he first went to Hogwarts was that the pictures freaking move he is he's just like Harry he's new Harry but he was raised by a loving father I just it Mm -hmm. is so sweet so of course Draco I guarantee had been just like around the corner, like watching through binoculars the whole time. And when he has his hairy scope out, (laughs) his hairy scope. Yes. And he sees this and he just can't stand it anymore. So he gets all loud about how Harry is giving away signed photos and Harry and Colin and Ron 
all tell Draco to shut the fuck up. But of course, <laughs> he will not. They're all so brave. Like, they're just like, we don't care. We are not going to let this bully win. And all three of them tell him to shut up. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps going because he's Draco. And first he makes fun of Harry for almost dying when he's a baby. And then he makes fun of Ron for getting in trouble and for being poor. And just when Ron is literally, he like grabs his broken wand and he's going to hex Draco. Hermione's like, wait, wait, hold on, look out. Because freaking Lockhart is coming over. And everyone in the courtyard has heard all of this. And Lockhart is an idiot. So he actually believes that Harry was trying to give away signed photos. And he's also an egomaniac. So he offers to be in the photo with Harry. This is not what Colin wanted. He didn't want a picture of freaking Gilderoy Lockhart. He wanted a picture of him and Harry. I'm so, so upset about this. So Lockhart is like, I'll be in the photo with Harry and then we'll both sign it. (laughs) And Colin's like, okay, I guess this is the best I'm going to (laughs) get. So he takes the picture and then Lockhart just like shoes everyone in the courtyard off to class. And he takes Harry, who is just like, this is literally the most embarrassed I've ever been. He is miserable. He hates this. And he's like, hey, listen, Harry, when you are offering to give photos to people, it looks like you're trying really hard to be famous. And Harry's like, that's not what I was doing. And he's like, you're not famous enough yet to be giving out signed pictures. (laughs) You have to wait until you're as famous as me. And Harry's like, that's not what I was trying to do the whole time. Lockhart is like, blah, blah, blah. You're not famous. I'm famous. Here's how you become famous. When you're famous, you can give out signed pictures of yourself. And Harry's like, shut up. Up. And finally, they get to Lockhart's classroom, and Harry is like, He has to straighten his outfit because Gildroy's just been like dragging him all the way up to the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom. It's a literal disgusting nightmare. Like, this man is a narcissist and he's like creepy. He's like grooming Harry. It's horrifying. And so Harry just like runs to the back of the classroom and sticks all seven of his Gilderoy Lockhart books in front of him (laughs) on the desk and hides behind them. He's like, I don't know what to do. Ron and Hermione come back, come in. And Ron being Ron goes back and he's all, yo, yo, if we tell Colin about Ginny, they can have like a Harry Potter fan club. And Harry literally goes, shut up. (laughs) If Lockhart hears you say the words Harry Potter fan club. I'm never going to hear the rest. Like he doesn't say that, but that's what he's thinking. He's like, do not say those words. And so Harry doesn't want Lockhart to hear that. The students all file in and Lockhart starts his first lesson all about himself and makes them take a quiz on their reading about him. So the quiz is terrible. It's 54 questions. About what Lockhart likes and what his specs are. So, <laughs> what is Bella Swan's favorite color? <laughs> yes. So after 30 minutes of making these kids take a 54-question quiz, I don't think that's long enough. I don't think that's how it works. But anyway, so after 30 minutes, he goes and he collects all the quizzes. And he's like, I can't believe that not very many of you 12-year-olds haven't read my seven books and memorized everything about me on your summer break. Right? Mm-hmm. He's like... I know you're 12, I know I made you buy seven books, and I know it was summer, but you should have memorized every single thing about me. It's disgusting. Of course, though, Hermione got all of the answers correct. Mm-hmm. And he's like, who, who is this? Who is this Hermione Granger? And she like raises her hand all cute. And he's like, 10 points for Gryffindor. I want you guys to know this is the 30th 
point for Gryffindor. She's got just today. Oh, yeah. First day, she's, she's already got fire. 30 points. 30 <laughs> points for Gryffindor from Hermione. She knows she has to get really far ahead of whatever <laughs> crap Harry and Ron are going to do. It's true, but it's not really their fault. So she's like, I'm just going to do everything I can to like keep us up, keep us up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now Lockhart starts his actual lesson. <laughs> lesson? Well, yeah. <laughs> so what he does is he goes and he pulls out this huge, big, covered like birdcage thing it's covered it's got the whole cover completely over it so it's kind of like not moving and the kids are like whoa and he he's actually like up until now they're like whoa okay maybe he is for reals because he makes this great big huge dramatic speech about how his job is to teach them how to defend themselves against scary things and they all even like Seamus and Dean who were like kind of laughing and making fun of him they get a little bit nervous Every, Neville is scared oh, as Neville heck. is ready to like jump out the window. He's not okay. And they all get super freaked out. And then he like pulls the cover off the cage. And it's just like these little blue pixies. And then they all like everybody just laughs. Like Seamus just like snorts. The whole thing is this huge joke. And he's like, hey, you guys don't know. These are tricky. They're I mean, they're definitely freaky looking. They're like, they're bright blue. They're eight inches tall. They have pointy little faces. They're screaming their heads off. They're making faces at the kids and they're rattling the bars of the cage. But they're just like, they're pixies. Mm -hmm. And these kids are like, I know what a freaking pixie is. Like, I know I could just like flick it and it'll get away from me. I know they're annoying, but they're just pixies. I thought you were going to show us something scary. Which (laughs) We just dealt with mandrakes this morning. (laughs) Well, and I, this is the only time I'm going to defend Lockhart, but he is right to start with something small in the defense against the dark arts so obviously a pixie is kind of like a mischievous and not very nice creature um and so he's like yeah i'll start with something small and um i'll teach them how to defend against it however he does nothing to teach them how to defend against it he just goes all right ready go and he just opens the cage he doesn't say here's the spell you use these are the things that you can do these are steps you can take nothing he just opens the cage and goes all right go and it's instant chaos instant carnage these things pick up neville by the ears and hang him from a chandelier this is a part in the movie that they did almost exactly like it happens in the book mm-hmm. these pixies go around the classroom and they are ripping apart books they're breaking every piece of glass that's in the room they're hurting children they're like biting kids they are hitting kids they're they're just terrible they spray ink all over the classroom and then Lockhart is like well why aren't any of you doing anything <laughs> and he tries this bogus spell and it doesn't work and the pixies are like yeah okay and they pick up his wand out of his hand and they chuck it out the window <laughs> and Neville poor Neville he falls with the chandelier to the floor. The this bell- is the second time Neville has fallen from a great height during a lesson. I, I feel so sad for him. So he's on the floor. The chandelier is next to him. The bell rings and all of the kids are like, bye. They Edward yeah. Cullen out of there. <laughs> they do. They just like leave as fast as they can. And unfortunately, Harry, Ron and Hermione are the last ones out. And so... Gilderoy Lockhart just like runs past them. And while he's running past them, he's like, hey, guys, can you get all those pixies? Bye. (laughs) And he just leaves. And they're like, what? And Ron 
Of course they stay. They stay to do it because they're 12 and they're like, I guess so I have to do this thing that this man told me to do. And Ron is absolutely livid. He's had a terrible, very bad, no good, horrible day. And he's like, this sucks. That guy's an asshole. And Hermione is like, I know how to do this. And so she just like does a freezing charm on the pixies and like they stick them in the cage and they get it all done. And she's like, well, he's he's just I don't know. She's like giving him a lot of excuses as to why it was a bad lesson. And Harry thinks this is all like ridiculous. And this is the first time in this book that anyone insinuates that maybe Lockhart is lying about all the stuff he wrote about in his books. Because Ron Weasley straight up says, yeah, he says he's done all these awesome things. Mm -hmm. Bam. Ron Weasley, everybody. (laughs) Thank you and good night. (laughs) So Ron is like, nope. I don't trust this guy. Mm -hmm. He just set pixies on us. Mostly because Hermione has a crush on him, but also... That's true. Ron's got, like, a pretty good intuition, to be honest. Ron's jealous, but he was raised by members of the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. So he knows when somebody's a bad guy, Mm -hmm. which I'm just going to straight up say it right here, right now. Lockhart's a bad guy, everyone. Yeah, he is. You know, when you read that he had seven books... I just like imagine my seven books, which are, of course, the seven Harry Potter books. But I'm like, J.K. Rowling's kind of a Lockhart. Yes, she is. She's put this entire story together as if she's this great person. And it turns out she's a fraud. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, she is Lockhart. (gasps) But Hermione can still love Voyages with Vampires. It's fine. I agree. I mean, I can, I obviously, we have made our entire last two years about loving books that are written by somebody who may or may not be problematic. All of the podcasts we do. And it's fine because these are our books and we claim them and we take them for what they are and we can love something and still be critical of the creator and definitely point out the flaws and Mm -hmm. laugh about the awesome things I love that but you are so correct well because it's like all of the like lessons in Gilderoy's books are true because they're based on other people Mm -hmm. and that can be the same here these are based on people that we've created exactly they truly are and the way that she wrote that we should be standing up for the underdog we should be standing up for people who are in minority positions and people who are hurting and people who have been discriminated against all of that is true mm-hmm. and just because she doesn't live it doesn't mean that we can't and shouldn't we should and we can yeah and you should and you can and i i stand by that till the day i die we should stand up for people who have been discriminated against because of things that they can't help because of the color of their skin because of their sexuality because of their gender because of anything that they can't help and they are being discriminated against we need to stand up for them and be there for them and we are we're here for yep. you it's time to go record our patreon only bonus ode or as we like to call it a patronus ode yes (laughs) thanks for hanging out with us everybody if you have any thoughts on gilderoy lockhart please send us an email and until then let's create something magical together bye bye You've been remembering Harry Potter with Marin and Emily. You can stay in touch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Remember Harry Potter Podcast. 
please consider joining us on Patreon for a weekly bonus video, access to our notes, original artwork, and to connect with our awesome community. You can message us at rememberharrypotterpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a voice message on Anchor or leave a review on iTunes. Yes, please leave a review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for all this information and more. 